When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Stella! <laughs> Stella! <laughs> You're a dame, and I'm a fella. <laughs> Family, stop, or I'll tell Stella. Stella, Stella. Can't you hear me, Yella? You're putting me through hella, Stella. That's your favorite Simpsons episode. I just yeah. watched it the other day. Did you? Wow. God, I always think about you. Yeah. Great I think episode. about you always, Andy. Um, Great episode. Bunk Funkers, uh, A Streetcar Named Marge from season four. Check it out. Season four really turns. Episode enjoyed by all. That was the headline. For that you one. love the John Lovitz character. He's very funny. That's the best part. Every of it, so. John Lovitz character I love. Um, well, Acting. But, hey, speaking of John Lovitz, yeah. speaking of things that really took a turn. <laughs> oh, boy. Today's topic really took a turn for the worst. Yikes. 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 We're talking about Heaven's Gate. Now, Bongfunkers, you probably know about this. It, it made headline news. It was big. It was, big it was news. a big news story. Yeah. Um, this is a cult topic. This is a new age UFO internet cult. You've probably heard about it. You've probably maybe you've even gone to see their website, which is still up and running. You know, it's a big, it's a big thing where it's like, it hasn't been changed since the nineties. It's a real time capsule. It is. And it's, it's, it's for better or school. <laughs> yeah. It's an old school. It still has that old school web 1.0 design HTML one. I mean, you know, so, um, you know what? Ah, I really should have looked at the source code for that. Maybe we'll do that before uh, before we get into the discussion. We'll take a look at the, the source code for that website and see if there's any hidden messages. Cool. Stick around, bunkfunkers. But hey, if you can't wait to get all of that, uh, get all that uh, Heaven's Gate action, if you can't wait to take off with the bunk, bunk bop comet. Yeah, the bunk bop comet. <laughs> And get straight into the research. As always, you know, you can check out the episode notes, the show description, the what have you. You don't have to look at any HTML source code. There'll be a timestamp right there at the very tippy top. It'll tell you when the research begins. 
I'll give you a little hint. It'll probably be around the 20 minute mark. Because we do a 20 minute intro, right, Andy? Yeah. I mean, but if you want to skip that, that's my knee. I'm slapping my knee. If you want to skip all that, <laughs> put on your new Nikes and run. Don't walk <laughs> to the timestamp marked in the show notes. Huh? Um, Bunk fuckers, but first, we got to talk about some wild stuff. I mean, Whoa. maybe even more wild than today's topic. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, we're, we're pretty, we, we're, we're, we're in some weird territory here, okay? We've gotten some bunker sightings recently that, uh, frankly, I mean, you know, listen, I'm not, uh, I don't think I'm overgeneralizing this when I say they're knocking our friggin' socks off. I mean, I'm not wearing socks right now, Andy. You are. <laughs> yeah. But they're about to get, they're going to get knocked off. Yeah, I, I only wore socks because I knew they, they would come off. Um, we've gotten some bunker sightings that, I mean, truly, this is like a, this is like a eight message long Instagram message DM <laughs> that we've received. This is, this is from a longtime bunk bunker, Rocky. Rocky, you've heard of him, about him here. You've loved him. <laughs> He's gone on to have a lustrous pro disc golf career. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to us. Yeah. <laughs> We're still waiting for that sponsorship, Rocky. Maybe one of the most illustrious, well-known uh, disc golfers. That's true. Uh, but he sent in a bunker alarm that uh, I think it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking. Bunker little, sighting. A bunker sighting. Sorry, my mistake. It starts here. Let's just get into it. Yeah, yeah. What happened up and let's get in there. Okay, okay. Hello, friends. I can't believe I am messaging you with another bunker sighting, but after what I have witnessed, I have no choice. Unbelievable. I have discovered the next level of bunker's plot, I feel. It could get weirder than 2020 if it was successful. I was back on the disc golf course in Texas. Good. Very good, because you're practicing to go pro, as y'all suggested. Yeah. So right there, I mean, confirmed Texas, confirmed disc golf practice. Rocky, thank you for taking our advice. Uh, Literally. Everyone who's taken our advice ever in life has succeeded. Yeah, that's a fact. Or failed. We won't tell you which. (laughs) The success rate's not important. Before I knew it, it was getting dark, and I was headed back to my car when I saw an object fly over and land in the distance. It was like a meteor. I ran toward the impact zone and noticed as I got closer, the air smelled worse and worse. I mean, that could be a lot of things. I thought, this seems familiar. Mm. I know that feeling. (laughs) Oh, no. It was the Flatwoods Monster. Ah, the Flatwoods Monster. The smell grew greater as I searched for the creature for proof that uh, what I of what I was seeing, what I thought I was seeing. Then. I saw it before me, laying face down with a katana sticking out of its back. Oh, my God. Its craft was open, but I couldn't get inside because I heard footsteps coming out of it. I hid behind some bushes and watched Mr. Bunker, the titular Mr. Bunker, emerge from the craft and drag the katana-stabbed monster into the craft. It lifted off, but before it took off at greater speed, it stopped at the parking lot where parked was the Kia Soul from before. Oh, no. Oh, my God. But the logos were marked out and replaced with his own Tesla knockoff labels. Uh, Using a beam from the craft, he picked up the car. Peon Musk was deaf inside the car again. I fear he now has plans to reanimate the Flatwoods monster. Now, Rocky then continues. I have heard Elon Musk called a real-life Iron Man. 
the superhero Iron Man, not a uh, not a triathlete. Not, yeah, not a triathlete. Not from Black Sabbath's Iron Man. Not some sort of man literally made of iron. Uh, I fear Bunker is trying to make his own Bunk Avengers League of Bunker Gentlemen type group. He now has three members. What could his ultimate plan be? Uh, P.S. A few weeks ago, another listener said Bunker was trying to abduct people from the beach. I think he may have been looking for a creature from the Black Lagoon Lagoon type creature for his group. Bunker might have been trying to get some people to lure that creature out to reanimate them too. Mother of God. Jesus. I mean, Mother of God. This is shocking. Stunning. I what do we even tell Barn Owl? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Barn Owl. He's kind of been The Flatwoods Monster is real. And Mr. Bunker killed it. Beloved, beloved character Barn Owl. People constantly write in and ask, where's Barn Owl? Where's Barn Owl? And we don't know. We don't fucking know. He hasn't been around for all of 2020. For all we know, he's dead. He might have. I mean, I'm sure that he'll die of a broken heart when he hears about this. We might. I mean, we'll have to see. Maybe, you know, who knows uh, when he hears Mm -hmm. this news. I mean, this is wild. Bunk Avengers. The Bunk Avengers. League of Extraordinary Bunkers. I mean, it's like, you know, we got all these diverging paths. We got all these storylines. They're finally culminating. You got Peon Musk. You got Bunker. Who who would have guessed that Peon Musk wasn't the end, that Peon Musk was just the beginning? I mean, not me. I thought Peon Musk was a fluke. <laughs> wow. Don't let him hear you say that. Oh, I know. I tried to rip my arm off. <laughs> but I thought it, Mr. Bunker's... You know, he found one cryptid. Right. And he killed it. Right. And he reanimated it. And he made it a figurehead of his company, his Tesla competitor company. Right, right, right. Which apparently, instead of just cobbling together cars from spare parts now, they're just literally riding over existing brands. (laughs) Is this Kia Soul even energy efficient? Like... (laughs) What, just what like, makes it a bunk lock? I think it's just Sharpie and he's yeah. just crossing out Kia. This and, is so lazy. Jesus, even for him. But I guess it's pretty obvious now that Bunkla is just a front. Bunkla is a front. Uh, the much, re- the Bunk know, Avengers is the real. Like Stark Industries. I mean, it's yeah. Bunk Industries. And now it's truly the Bunk Avengers. Who's he fighting? He seems like he's the evil one. Yeah. <laughs> so who's the good guys? Uh... What was the, which of the, like... Super Friends? The comic universe has had the, like, council of bad guys. The Legion of Doom. Yeah, the Legion of Doom. Was that DC? Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. <sighs> when it comes out of the swamp. Yeah. Like, Mr. Bunker's not... He's the Legion of Doom. Solomon Grundy! <laughs> you remember Solomon Grundy? No. Great character. <laughs> you don't remember Solomon Grundy? No. He was like a Frankenstein-type guy, and he just yelled his own name. Oh, there was Bizarro Superman, Black, Black Manta. Grundy. Well, Solomon Grundy sounds like a good There character. was the chick in the cheetah costume. Lex Luthor was at the head, of course. There's a bunch of weirdos. There was Scarecrow, fought Batman. Wow. Yeah, Solomon Grundy looks ripped as hell, though. Solomon Grundy! Um, I don't, I mean, what, is the Bunk Avengers, like, are they good? Are they bad? Are they a Legion of Doom type? How do we fit into this? Yeah, are we? What's our be, fucking role? Are we like complicit in something? Because here's the thing: 
there's there's a few Avengers characters who are not superheroes, but they have extraordinary abilities. I mean, I don't know. I might, I might piss off some comic some comic nerds. <laughs> this, but yeah, Black Widow, I'm pretty sure, is just like a chick who's like a super spot, super spot. She's not actually super powered. She's just really good. Yeah, I think I. I mean, let's be honest. Batman's not a superhero. No, he's not. He's just a fucking. Uh, he's just a billionaire ninja. Neither neither is Iron Man really. No, he's not. He's just really fucking smart. Yeah, he just builds a suit, and so is the dude. Uh, I don't know the name of his like friend who's also an Iron Man. And then there's the guy who's in the the Hawk. Hawkeye? No, not Hawkeye. He's like he flies around in like a hawk suit. Oh. Names. Yeah, I don't know the names. Um, I mean, like, we 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 don't have any skills. We don't really fit into the uh, the, the the vision that Bunker is having here. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, yeah. If we were part of the like, we would be like administrative assistants. <laughs> Yeah, oh, God, we're going to end up working for S.H.I.E.L.D., and we're going to be like, well, I don't know. I mean, there's some nepotism going on. Maybe he'll put us as, like, uh, you know, project, like high-level VPs at S.H.I.E.L.D. It's like, nah, data entry. Yeah. <laughs> Both of us, we're data entry at S.H.I.E.L.D. Data, data entry, yeah. <laughs> and believe me, the, the Bunker S.H.I.E.L.D. collects no data. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing good happening there. Oh, God, Bunk Funkers. Um, Jeez. If we could have any powers, I mean, geez, I don't know. Yeah, if I had a superpower, I think that, um, you know, it's real tempting to say that you'd have the power of flight. You'd have the power of, of x-ray vision. Mm -hmm. I think it's also tempting to be like, oh, you can steal somebody else's powers. Like, you can mimic. That's, that's cool, tempting. though. But... You know, I'm at a point in my life where I think that if I wanted a superpower, it would just be the ability to get a really good night's sleep. <laughs> Spoken like a true parent. <laughs> just a good, real good sleep. No matter how much you sleep, it's 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 it feels like you've gotten a full night's rest. Yeah, yeah. Even if I sleep for like five minutes. Right. I wake up refreshed. You're fully charged. Yeah. Wow. Good, that's I don't I mean I don't know how that helps you in Bunk Vengers because I guess we don't really know what we're fighting. That or like Elastidong. <laughs> like a like a like 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 like, a, like like from the Fantastic Four. Yeah, like you want to be like uh, Reed Richards, but you wanna But just the dong. Just your dong. Yeah. So you want a stretchy hog. You want to stretch armstrong hog. Yeah, stretch arm hog. Stretch heart hog strong. <laughs> <laughs> That would be my name, Stretch yeah. Hogstrong. <laughs> Stretch Hogstrong. <laughs> the... This toy not suitable for children. <laughs> or adults. Or adults. <laughs> Should not be purchased by anyone. The only toys you would be selling were sex toys. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty great power. Yeah, I because I can just, I imagine that it would be like, you know. Oh, Stretch Hogstrong got me wrapped up in his dick again. <laughs> No, Batman. We've inadvertently copied a uh, superhero from the comic The Boys as well, though. Oh. The Love Sausage. Yes, I didn't know that. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Sorry right. to Garth Ennis. Copied your work, your IP. Girth Ennis? Girth, Girth Ennis. Girthy Ennis. Girth Penis. Um, what do you think my power would be here, Andy? Uh, I could be Cube Boy. 
Cube boy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ability could, to solve cubes faster than anybody. I can solve puzzles faster than anybody. Um, Cube boy is a good one. Um, let's see. What's another thing that you do? God, I don't do anything. Yeah. Manga man. <laughs> the ability, the ability to, uh, Transform myself into any real life anime hentai character. <laughs> yeah. Or you'd I'd be, be cool with hentai tentacles. Or you'd be the Japanese miner. Like you you can you can speak Japanese, but not very much of it. <laughs> and not all that well. What an awful superpower. But you can do that with any language. Oh, okay. I can moderately speak any language. Yeah. But only kind of just like at a kindergartner level, right? Even if you, even if you've never, even if it's not a language native to Earth, sure. You meet an extraterrestrial, and the translator, yeah, translate ort, translate ort. All right, well, well, I mean that that I can work with that. We'll have to see. Maybe I can also solve Rubik's cubes really fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Either way, I I mean I don't see how either of our powers. They could, you could solve, you could solve Rubik's cubes, but you can do it with like, you don't have to even use your hands to do it. You can do it with like your hair. They'd call you the cubic hair. So stupid. <laughs> um, I mean, either way, I guess we don't really, uh, I don't know how we fit into the bunk Avengers. Yeah. I don't know what kind of, you know, what's their, what, if they're going to be the bad guys or the good guys or who they're fighting, uh, it's... Yeah, we don't know their ethos. We don't even know that we would want to be a part of the Bunk Ventures. Yeah. I mean, is this Not an Not that we're going to be asked. Yeah. Is this an organization we're going to want to be joining? Um, but I guess, you know, Bunk Funkers, we got to keep... We got to... Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think Bunker is out on the recruitment trail and we'll see what... Uh, what he's trying to do and what Jeez, he's trying to man. find. Who knows where this goes from here? Who knows? Um, Andy, we got to get to our next segment. This is the uh, the bunker alarm. The bunker alarm. Now we have a uh, uh, we have a very fun uh, bunker alarm this week, Andy. That's because it is from a bunk funker who wrote in and said, "I'd like a bunker," alarm. <laughs> which is probably one of our favorite ways. See, you know, alarm. we've said this over and over and over again. We are terrible people. We're pieces of filth. I mean, we are shitty, stinky, obnoxious, gross humans. Yeah, that's all fair. But we are not liars. <laughs> no. <laughs> and when we say you can write in and ask for a bunker alarm and we have a position open, we will give it to you. We stick to our word. Yes. And this week is no different. That's right. It's John Hendricks. John Hendricks. Uh, Thank you, John. Jimmy's brother. Jimmy's brother. John, thanks for writing in. Uh, and thanks for asking for a bunker alarm. That's right. Now, uh, you know, uh, I mean, Andy, we're going to queue up. Uh, we got the bunk tech warmed up here. Andy's yeah. going to calibrate it, of course, as always. Uh, now, John, I, I know I don't know you very well, but... Uh, with the bunker alarm, we always try to pick an alarm that sort of fits the listener. And so we'll try to do that today. So, you know, if this, if this alarm speaks to you, that's why. Yeah. All right. Let me just 
program the machine here. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. I think that's uh, that's good. That's good. Uh, the Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000 is ready to go. Uh, now, Bunk Funkers, as you know, this is a state-of-the-art piece of equipment that'll play a perfectly synced alarm at my command. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, Art and I, uh, because we're mere mortals and we love drama, we always do a countdown, but... You know, it's not necessary for the bunker alarm bunk yeah. tech three thousand. The bunker bunk tech bunker alarm three thousand. I don't want yeah. there to be any misconceptions about right. that. So we're gonna play the alarm now after a brief countdown. Um all right, here we go. In three, two, one. <laughs> Wow. wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, that, I mean, <laughs> you know, come on. that should just be called the John Hendricks alarm, frankly. That really should. I mean, if you want to set that as your alarm tone, you want to wake up to that. I think that's a great way to start your day. <laughs> yeah. You want to hear that every notification you get on your smartphone. It's probably a smart decision. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, let us know. I mean, uh, we're not above, uh, you know, being set as an alarm tone. Yeah. But thank you, John. Thank you, John. Uh, appreciate you writing in. That's right. Uh, other bunk funkers. It's that easy. It really is. All you have to do is ask, and we'll, we'll get you a bunker alarm. If ask, you... and ye shall receive, Andy. Yeah. I mean, ask, just ask. Uh, much like the, the, the proverbial gates of the kingdom of heaven, knock and the door will be open, Andy. Wow. Uh, much like wow. heaven's gate, well... Can't really knock to get into Heaven's Gate. You kind of got to go through a uh, very arduous procedure. It's complicated. Uh, we'll get into it. You, you might learn a thing or two about how wild the uh, Heaven's Gate cult was and how uh, regimented it was. Yeah. Which is a common cult tactic. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, here we go. We got to blast off here, Andy. We were, we're right at the gate. We got to ring the buzzer. We're... We're inside Bunk Bop's tail, <laughs> and we're ready to appear. Here we go. This is Heaven's Gate on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Mama took this cult away from me. Bunkers, this week we're knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Gate. And let's be honest, we're also ringing Heaven's buzzer. and We're, we're looking over Heaven's hedges, trying to see if anyone's home. It's kind of like that time Art and I tried to sneak into the Playboy Mansion for a party. <laughs> it didn't go well, Bunk Funkers. Immediately they sussed us out. They knew we didn't belong. Art did a cannonball into the infamous grotto, and I friggin' devoured all the hors d'oeuvres. But damn, if we both didn't look foin in those Playboy bunny outfits. <laughs> I mean, la la. I mean, I, I really think Hugh missed out. He should have had us as the centerfold that year, Andy. I was willing to spread eagle. <laughs> and we, I still am. We were both very chafed, but we looked very good. <laughs> we did. We did. look. We looked great. 
But you know, much like the Playboy Mansion, Heaven is also an elite club that's pretty tough to get into. Yeah. And Heaven's Gate, forget about it. Today's topic, the Heaven's Gate cult, had an insanely meticulous regiment that we'll, we'll explain that each member followed to a T in order to completely detach themselves from any earthly human connection. Heaven's Gate is considered the prime example of a new age cult, synthesizing ancient religion with modern technology like the internet. In essence, they believed Jesus was an extraterrestrial and that heaven, quote unquote, was a higher plane of existence filled with alien life forms. Now, in order to enter this plane of existence, a UFO trailing the Hale-Bopp Comet would come to swoop them up from Earth to take them to the next level. Unfortunately, Heaven's Gate is also one of the more well-known UFO cults, cults, and the cults. Yeah. (laughs) True, fair. Due to the media coverage of the mass suicide of 39 of its members in 1997, it remains the largest mass suicide in U.S. history. But where did this cult get its start? What were some of their core beliefs? And what remains of them today? Heaven's Gate was started by two individuals with very similar and very specific interests, Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite. Now, Bonnie Nettles was a UFO enthusiast and a nurse. She lived a seemingly ordinary life in Houston with her husband and four children, except for her increasingly curious religious and paranormal beliefs. You see, Nettles began to believe that a 19th century monk named Brother Francis frequently spoke with her and gave her instructions. She often conducted seances in order to speak with the dead and held seances with a group of people at her house every Wednesday. She was interested in topics like astrology, theosophy. Uh, theosophy, of course, is a religion established in the late 19th century by Helena, Bl- 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 Helena Blavatsky, easy for me to say, who yeah. will likely get her own episode topic. One it's a wild day. topic. Yeah, yeah. Interesting character. Um, but anyway, uh, Bonnie Nettles was a theosophist, and uh, she was also interested in the occult. Nettles was always someone who felt like an outsider, like she didn't belong to this world. She often fantasized about UFOs visiting Earth and taking her away to various places. In 1972, Nettles went to see some fortune tellers who told her that she was soon to meet a mysterious man who was tall with light hair and a fair complexion. This description was fairly close to the man she would end up starting a religion with, Marshall Applewhite. Marshall Applewhite was the son of a Presbyterian minister and raised in a very religious home in Texas. After he got out of the army, he pursued a master's degree in music where he focused on musical theater. He was unsuccessful in pursuing a singing career in New York City and eventually landed a teaching role at the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. He later lost the position after pursuing a sexual relationship with a male student. Don't roll with that, Tide. Religious descent of Applewhite's sexual preferences would be a major source of frustration and mental demise for him throughout the rest of his pre-Heaven's Gate career. He was briefly married, but the relationship ended in divorce after news of his affair with the male student broke out. Applewhite held a few other teaching jobs and even ran a deli at one point. Until in 1972, when his father passed away, he returned to Texas and met Bonnie Nettles. Now, the story of how the two met is often argued, but the point is, when they did meet, Nettles and Applewhite became fast friends. Kind of like Andy and I. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh... That's true. We met in a motorcycle gang. We rode quite fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. Oh, boy. 
What I wouldn't give to look like that again. With those big old handlebar mustaches. Those handlebar mustaches. Riding our hogs. Constantly got caught in my zipper on my pants. It was so long. And those days were so long ago. Well, Nettles and Applewhite often had intense, lengthy discussions on religion and extraterrestrials. The two really were two peas in a pod. Nettles even told Applewhite of how she believed their meeting was foretold to her by aliens. And thus, the two concluded that they had met in a, in a previous life. In hindsight, many psychologists believe Nettles may have been a negative nurturing force for Applewhite's emerging delusional beliefs uh, at the time. Uh, for example, after spending more and more time with Nettles, Applewhite suddenly started to have visions where he believed he was a, quote, Christ-like figure. Now, contrary to that, some say that Nettles actually saved Applewhite's, you know, kind of life from further deterioration. He was in a bad spot at the time when he, you know, he met he met Nettles. Uh, he was relatively depressed and, you know, in a dark place. And Nettles kind of gave his life new meaning. Um, so it, it's a tough call for sure, but one thing is for certain, Applewhite and Nettles were tied at the hip. The two believed they were, quote, soulmates, but not in a sexual way, in a completely platonic way. Just like me and Art. That's, that's right. They shared everything together, even a living space. The two eventually cohabitated together after Nettles' you know, inevitable divorce, uh, which is likely what will befall Andy and I one day. <laughs> Art, we'd have one hella cool bachelor pad together. Mm, uh, no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I just thought about it. That would be the most depressing place. <laughs> yeah, that would not be a nice place. The opposite of Disney World. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would literally be the exact opposite. Oh, um, speaking of depressing, both <laughs> Nettles and Applewhite then decided to cut off all contact with their respective families around the time of their living together. The two then opened a bookstore together, specializing in various religious and mystical texts. Bunk Funkers, you can probably see the pieces being put into place for these two to start a cult together. And that's exactly what they did. Except in their minds, they were starting a New Age religion. In February 1973, they both decided to travel across the country to teach others about their beliefs. They drove throughout the Southwest and Western U.S., attempting to convert others to their cause. While traveling, Applewhite and Nettles pondered the life of St. Francis of Assisi and read works by authors including Helena Blavatsky, R.D. Lang, and Richard Bach. That's R.D. Lang, not R.T. Lang, the comedian. <laughs> uh, they kept a King James version of the Bible with them and studied several passages from the New Testament focusing on teachings about Christology, asceticism, and eschatology. Applewhite also read science fiction, including works by Robert A. Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke. All of this became a melting pot for their New Age sci-fi religion. But what exactly were they preaching? Well, by June 1974, they had kind of solidified their religious dogma. And while they do keep the same religious dogma over the years, it does, it does change a little bit. But these are kind of the main tenets. They concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies and that they had, be, they had been given higher level minds than other people. The two wrote a pamphlet that described Jesus' reincarnation as a Texan, a, th you know, a thinly veiled reference to uh, Applewhite. They also concluded that they were the two witnesses uh, described in the book of Revelation and that they often referred to themselves as such, saying they were, quote, the two during their recruitment efforts. 
the two were really obsessed with Revelation, which is a classic cult trope. But the passenger, uh, but the passage in particular says this. Revelation chapter 11. Uh, this is from the, uh, the New King James Version of the Bible. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for forty-two months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy one thousand two hundred and sixty days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. The two would often refer to themselves as the two lampstands or the two candlesticks, which are also references to that that passage. Now, Andy, aren't we referred to as the two beef jerkies? That's right, Art. Uh, but also the uh, the uh, the two towers. Uh, Eat your heart out, David Robinson and uh, and Tim Duncan. Uh, we're also referred to as. Uh, Two men and no babies allowed. <laughs> um, we're, we're also referred to as uh, Intel Duo. <laughs> Un, unintelligent Duo. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. What else do people call us? The Two Zambonis. Two's Company. The Two's Company. We got a lot of names. Yeah. Well, the final belief uh, in their religion is that they would uh, one day be killed and then revived and be transported onto a spaceship, an act called, quote, the demonstration, which would prove their claims to be true. And to the two's dismay, their ideas were kind of poorly received. However, they did have a few recruits at the time. Nettles and Applewhite were often dirt poor during these travels. They often they often were found camping outdoors or sleeping in motels, taking odd jobs in random places, and donating blood for money. But from 1974 to 1975, they really kicked their recruitment efforts off. They contacted ufologist Hayden Hughes to help spread their message, an angle which helped differentiate themselves as a New Age sci-fi UFO religion. Many of their early recruits were so-called hippies, uh, this was after all. This was after all the early 1970s, and many of these members tended to reject traditional religious dogma and wanted to quote unquote find themselves. Many of Nettles and Applewhite's tactics were similar to other religious recruitment or cult tactics. They were charming and friendly people, and really believed what they were teaching. Maybe unlike what we saw in Jim Jones and Jonestown, which would have been at its high point at this time, Nettles and Applewhite didn't exactly have very nefarious means to their recruitment strategy. But in the same way, it was something about the time period that lended people to go out and find themselves and seek new ways of thinking. They published uh, advertisements for meetings in order to recruit uh, more followers, who they referred to as the crew. At recruitment events, Nettles and Applewhite claimed to be beings from another planet, a planet called the Next Level, 
and they were seeking participants in a grand, quote, experiment. Those who participated, aka joined their following, would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. By 1975, they were pulling crowds of almost 80 people at a time, which, you know, hey, that's not too shabby for just some boots on the ground recruitment efforts. Not you know, bad. 80 people. Not bad. I would take, hey, I would perform for a group A. I would perform. I performed a- for 10% of that or less before. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Now, uh, later in 1975, they had amassed, you know, a solid 100 member congregation or the crew, again, as they called it. Nettles and Applewhite assembled the entire crew at a hotel in Waldport, Oregon. They instructed them all to sell their wor- all their worldly possessions and say farewell to their loved ones and family. And the group vanished. No bunk funkers. They didn't get picked up by a UFO. They just kind of disappeared from the public eye. You know, I mean, it was the 1970s. If you didn't know where someone was, you couldn't really contact them at all. Yeah. You have all these members saying, all right, goodbye, family. I'm going to sell all my stuff and then just going to live under the radar. You could kind of do that. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty easily. Nettles and Applewhite, who at this point, they had kind of renamed themselves several different times. We talked about how they referred to as the two lampstands, the candlesticks. They went by Bo and Peep for a little while until finally settling on T and Doe, respectively. T, Nettles, Doe, Applewhite, which are the harmonic bookends of the musical scale. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, Not though, but you know, you get it. Do and T led their 100 members across the country in groups of two to live ascetic nomadic lives in order to root out who was a real believer and who wasn't. Ascetic lives are kind of monk-like. They live in poverty and abstain from all sensual pleasures in order to achieve certain spiritual goals. They mostly slept in bags and tents across the country and begged for change in the streets, constantly moving to avoid detection by authorities or family members or loved ones. These travels were actually made possible by a certain wealthy member who bankrolled a $300,000 trust for the group. But these nomads covered a vast territory. Spokane, San Diego, Newport, Denver, Atlanta, Boston, Houston, Amarillo, and Tulsa. The group itself really solidified during this time. It previously had many different names. That's right, it wasn't always called Heaven's Gate. In fact, for the bulk of its existence, Heaven's Gate was referred to as Human Individual Metamorphosis, or him. Now, here's a bit of their core doctrine created during this uh, this nomadic period. Doe and T had come to see themselves as extraterrestrial representatives from the evolutionary level above human, a.k.a. the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was actually an alien spirit, and Doe, a.k.a. Applewhite, they decided was the very same alien spirit that had inhabited Jesus, a.k.a. Doe is Jesus. They're the right. same alien spirit. right. Now, Nettles, or T, was actually the Heavenly Father, or God. Right. So there you you go. They're at the top. One could only reach the evolutionary level above human by renouncing terrestrial attachments and shedding one's, quote, container or, quote, vehicle, a.k.a. your human body, not your... uh, your Honda Sentra or your (laughs) Toyota Camry. You probably did have to give up your Toyota Corolla, though. That's true. To be honest. Now, they would have to, uh, so you basically have to detach yourself from all earthly possessions and uh, your own body, your own humanly desires 
to ascend into space and live eternally with the chief of chiefs or God. Like Doe and T, the followers took new names. Uh, the choices ranged from, you know, biblical names to very whimsical. There was Peter, David, Joshua, Wink, Window, uh, Marty. Maybe it could have been so, a little bit more clever, Marty. So whimsical. Yeah. You get <laughs> money bags and Fanta. Jeez, you know, do you think money bags was the one bankroll in that trust? Probably. Uh-huh. Now, uh, in early interviews, Doe refused to talk about his, you know, wife and children referring to them as relatives of his vehicle. His devotees followed suit as new spiritual entities uh, temporarily residing in physical bodies. They were no longer the same people, unrelated in their minds to their former families. And with that, the Heaven's Gate or Human Individual Metamorphosis movement stayed on course. Until 1985, when it all would change for the worse. Up until now, the dogma stated that the crew of Heaven's Gate would be swept away by a UFO spaceship with their bodies, again, or vehicles, as they like to call them, uh, intact to the next level. But in 1985, Bonnie Nettles passed away from a battle with cancer. This was problematic for the group for multiple reasons. Uh, Number one, they weren't supposed to die with their vehicles, a.k.a. their bodies, still on Earth. Number two, Nettles was supposed to have already achieved the next level of being. She was supposed to have been the alien spirit of the Heavenly Father, How could she die? She was supposed to guide everyone to the next level. What's a Doe to do? Well, Doe was in a pickle. (laughs) Stupid. What's a Doe to do? Uh, Anyway, well, Doe was in a pickle and had to change up the dogma. They would now have to part with their bodies and humanity in order to ascend. This coincided in the belief in the UFO ship that would bring them to ascension. Doe now claimed to be receiving astral guidance from T. She told them to go on another recruitment wave, gathering even more recruits for their plan to ascend to the next level. And Doe went hard to work on the recruitment efforts. The crew again went cross-country, and this time they even took out a friggin' full-page ad in USA Today. Mm. They were, I mean... We'll get into it. These They were rolling deep. They had some deep fucking pockets. Yeah, nice. They also publicized their message and free meetings with radio, TV, and newspaper interviews. So that went on for, that went on for a little while. And then by the time 1996 rolled around, the Heaven's Gate cult was pretty much fully cemented. The group was also rolling with some deep fucking pockets, like we mentioned. They were early adopters of new technology, like this newfangled thing, the internet. <laughs> Have you heard of it? The group worked as web designers for Hire under the company named Hire Source. And one year, they raked in over $400,000. This is in 1996. Making websites for clients. That's, that's big money. That's some cash. That's some cash. The entire group also moved into a 9,000 square foot mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, which they called the Monastery or The Craft, which was, you know, completely paid for through their web design business. The doctrine of the cult had always been strictly ascetic, as we'd mentioned, but, you know, again, that's meaning members stayed away from most earthly pleasures. But when Nettles died and Applewhite took over, the doctrine gained an even heavier sci-fi and even stricter regimented routine. Here's some of their, uh, their beliefs during this time period. Sex was completely prohibited in Heaven's Gate. It was believed to hold back, quote, the process, end quote, by which members could be ready to ascend to the next level. 
<laughs> hey, good thing Joel Embiid didn't trust this process. <laughs> he probably wasn't even born. That's true. <laughs> And his process didn't really work out for the 76ers as well as he'd hoped. Bum, 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 bum. Yikes. Anyway, members were required to get crew cut short haircuts and wear long baggy clothes to hide their features. I mean, we'll get into it, but this is a common cult tactic to make everybody totally dehumanize them. No individualness. Everyone's the same. Um, so not only was sex prohibited, but anything having the potential for arousal, which... It's a good thing you and I weren't in there because <laughs> they have to ban everything. <laughs> this included- I've been turned on by running water before. <laughs> a toilet flush. <laughs> this included things like jeans, jewelry, dresses. Little House on the Prairie wasn't allowed. Little Caesars they couldn't have had if I was around. <laughs> That's true. Oh, you- that little guy gets me horny. There you go. You, you hear about that $5. It's a pizza. It sounds like he's saying penis, penis. I got some crazy bread. Oh, no. I got some crazy bread in my pants. No hugging was allowed either. It wasn't tolerated, which, Andy, honestly, you know, I'm okay with that one. I'm okay with that one because I'm a bit of an awkward hugger. And I'm an aggressive hugger. I hug that Little Caesars delivery guy. That's true. Andy, you were actually the inspiration for the face huggers in Ridley Scott's Alien movies. You got to hug right for the face. That's how they know you love them. You got to go right at the face. <laughs> oh, my God. Bury the face in your chest. <laughs> Squeeze it. All right. So this is how you're talking about these rules here. At yeah, the, more uh, rules. The, the it's not over yet. So there's no boning allowed. Members also had to write updates on their progress toward ascension directed to Doe himself. These were called control status reports or CSRs. You'll notice, bunk funkers, that everything has a sci-fi-esque twist to it in Heaven's Gate. Uh, one member who survived the cult's inevitable demise showcased one of their CSRs in an interview. In it, he describes the successful his successful efforts to quiet his sexual urges. Doe wrote back in Red Ink, quote, You make me very happy. Use a good kitty. End quote. Alrighty then. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> A little creepy. Uh, yeah, I'm creeped out by reading it. Uh, the group wasn't allowed to think about thick Pixar moms. Unfortunately, thick Pixar moms and their dump truck behinds. But their rule book sure was thick. The spiral bound, quote unquote, procedures book was handwritten and had a rule for literally everything. Bathing lasted six minutes and used one gallon of water. It specified the circumference of pancakes and the exact measurements of every ingredient. The same for every other meal or recipe. It designated what TV shows you could watch. It designated what books could be read, where you could sit. It had precise times for every single member's schedules as well, including vitamin intake, which was at 7.22 p.m. sharp. Can you imagine how hard you... I would get a cramp. What? Just writing those sentences, I would get a cramp. Oh, yeah, I mean... This is a labor I love. Yeah. Or something. Doe constantly consulted T, who micromanaged the group's daily existence from the next level. Everything was planned and was supposed to prepare the members of Heaven's Gate for the regimented life aboard the UFO spaceship. There was also a ledger. In the ledger, the group recorded every single transaction, every single receipt for every single purchase ever. They also renamed everything. (laughs) They referred to themselves as the crew. Their mansion was the craft. 
a job was an out-of-craft task. The kitchen was the Nutrilab. Recipes were formulas. The office was the CompuLab. <laughs> Sounds like a store that went out of business after yeah. the tech bubble burst. <laughs> Breakfast was first experiment. Lunch, second experiment. Dinner, third experiment. Uh, and for you bunkfunkers, no word on if the hobbit Pippin informed them of a second first experiment. We don't have any information on that. That's right. Uh, let's see. Money was sticks. Spirits were influences slash boogers. And yeah, get the picture here, okay? Everything was renamed to to fit a sci-fi image. Everything was renamed to fit a sci-fi image, including the members themselves. Everyone took on names that uh, sort of went like this. Olodi, uh, Genodi. Uh, these are sort of spelled like Genodi is spelled J-W-N-O-D-Y, all caps. All of these are in all capital letters. And Rakodi. These were always, you know, multi-letter designations followed by Odie or O-T. Uh, a suffix, a shorthand for doe and tea, doty, doty. Uh, you know, Andy, for me, it's a little close to my sci-fi name that I took, Art Odie. But the thing is, my suffix was a shorthand for Odie the dog from Garfield. Mine was Olaudie for Olaudie coming. <laughs> also, we have to mention that the procedures book had a strict rules and guidelines and measurements for all the members' coffee enemas that they took. The best part of waking up is Folgers up your butt. We 100% have made that joke before, but we can't help ourselves. We're immature, okay? It's Bunk a good, funkers. It's a good joke. It's funny. Folgers up your butt. Coffee enema. It's true. We would not be ready for ascension to the next level, Andy. No, We're not going to make it. Let's face it. But Heaven's Gate was certainly ready. Applewhite's tactics are classic moves in a cult structure to completely dehumanize its members. That was literally their objective. Applewhite heard another amateur astronomer announce on Art Bell's famous conspiracy-slash-UFO-focused radio show that he had taken a picture of the Hale-Bopp comet, which is a comet that passes the Earth once every 2,000 years. Now, the picture, which... Uh, the picture that this 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 uh, this a uh, amateur astronomer took showed an elongated fuzzy brightness lurking in the tail end of the comet, which was quickly you know it passed around through the through the scene and people were like it's a UFO. Thus, Applewhite and the Heaven's Gate crew went out. They bought a telescope. I'm sure it was a very expensive one because they're rolling deep, and they wanted to scope out this UFO. Well, they didn't see anything, but that wasn't really important. Applewhite had kind of made up his mind. He was convinced that this was a sign from T and the next level. There was a UFO. The UFO. The one that would uh, come and bring them to their next level. And it was behind the hale Comet. This is the very one which would take all of them to the next level. They would ascend to their kingdom of heaven. The group updated its website. Red alert flashed across the top. Below came the announcement. Hail Bop brings closure to Heaven's Gate. On March 19th through the 20th, 1997, Marshall Applewhite taped himself in Doe's, first, in Doe's final exit, speaking of mass suicide. Despite the YouTube comments describing Applewhite's crazy look in the video of his final comments, Applewhite does calmly explain that he and Heaven's Gate is anyone watching's only chance to save themselves. 
He explains that the earth is like a garden and that the end isn't near per se, but that the earth, much like the nature festooning its earthly crust, will once again be recycled and seeded with new alien spirits, which will grow into another human civilization. Then each member was videotaped on camera in their own final exit statements. Each one can be seen with their short haircuts and baggy body-hiding clothes. They all look extremely happy. Not a single one has anything negative to say about Doe or Heaven's Gate. They all remark how earnestly they've been waiting for this day. It's a bizarre juxtaposition from the scene at Jonestown. Here you get the sense each, each of these people uh, truly believed what Doe was telling them. The night before, the Heaven's Gate group went on a bit of a rumspringa, or a bender. There are differing accounts, but one given in the LA Weekly says that the group made a trip to Las Vegas, where they stayed at Treasure Island, saw Cirque du Soleil's Mystere, uh, played the slot machines, took some rides on roller coasters. Uh, on Friday, March 21st, the night before Hale-Bopp's closest approach, the ledger showed that the group all went to the Marie Callender's in Carlsbad for a final meal, ordering 39 chicken pot pies, 39 salads, and 39 pieces of cheesecake and 39 iced teas to drink. A lot of variety on that bill. It was all planned beforehand. Yeah. And it was ready and set up for them when they arrived. Beautiful. <laughs> the staff described them as incredibly nice and pleasant. On March 22nd, 1997, the Hale-Bob Comet made its closest approach to Earth at 122 million miles. Doe and his followers meticulously cleaned the house, took out the garbage, polished the silver, and packed their things. They then began re... re they, they, oh, excuse me. They then began executing the routine a document they'd created that precisely choreographed how they would commit suicide. The 39 members, 21 women and 18 men between the ages of 26 and 72, ingested phenobarbital mixed with applesauce or pudding and washed it down with vodka. Additionally, they secured plastic bags around their heads after ingesting the mix to induce asphyxiation. The routine documented how three separate teams would conduct the death ritual. 15 members are believed to have died the first night. Then the remaining 24 helped secure the bags over their heads and covered their bodies with purple cloths, and so on until none were left. The entire ritual is said to have spanned three days. All 39 were dressed in identical black shirts and sweatpants, brand new uh, with brand new black and white Nike Decades athletic shoes and armband patches that read Heaven's Gate Away Team. Each member also had on their person a $5 bill and three quarters in their pockets. Now, the Nike Decades were chosen because the group apparently got a good deal on the shoes. Well, I mean... Can't blame them there. Hey, I mean, for a long time, they didn't have much money, so... That's true. Now, one of the members who was slated to follow through with the routine that night was a man named Rio D'Angelo, whose real name is Richard Frank. Rio, in a later interview, described how he felt a, a calling to, to not go through with the routine that night that he served a greater purpose. Well, his purpose was fulfilled. After the mass suicide on March 25th, D'Angelo received a package with two VHS tapes, with Doe's exit message, and then the members' final interviews on, on the other. Also included was a letter which read, amongst other things, we have exited our vehicles just as we have entered them. D'Angelo then traveled to the mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, where he found the back door purposefully left open. He used a video camera and filmed the eerie scene. This is likely the footage you've seen. The mansion with 39 dead bodies neatly and casually strewn about in matching clothes, covered by purple cloths. In the master bedroom, laid out exactly as the others, 
was Applewhite. D'Angelo then contacted the police a day later anonymously to have them go check on the welfare of the residents. The police arrived on the scene to discover the now decomposing bodies arranged just as they were left. In the end, all 39 were ultimately cremated. Heaven's Gate was a widely publicized event in the media. SNL even did a sketch about it. That's how you ascend to the next level of comedy. Waka waka. <laughs> Alan Hale, the co-discoverer of the Hale-Bop comet, he, the titular Hale, addressed the cult suicide by scolding scientific illiteracy surrounding the comets and also uh, Art Bell's show, which deceived people about the supposed UFO behind the comet. There were also multiple copycat and former member suicides following the Heaven's Gate group. Many former members waited to jo- wanted to join their group in the final exit. Two former members, Mark and Sarah King of Phoenix, Arizona, still maintain the group's infamously 90s-inspired website. The two feel it is their duty to continue the message of the Heaven's Gate. Rio D'Angelo is another former member who, while he didn't follow through with a mass suicide, continues to believe the message of the group. Rio has given some interviews and even wrote a book about the cult and their theories. Rio now lives a somewhat normal life. Uh, He has reconnected with his son, whom he had before joining the cult. He has a job and even a girlfriend. However, he still preaches the message of the cult and believed that is why he was left behind. But many have criticized him for essentially having his cake and eating it too. How can he follow through with the cult's beliefs but go back to the old earthly ways? Well, and with that, Bunk Funkers, we close the gate of Heaven's Gate. But what do you make of Heaven's Gate, Bunk Funkers? Have you ever looked up to the stars and wondered, what's this all about? Well, perhaps one day you'll look up and you'll see another comet. But this one doesn't come every 2,000 years. This one comes every Wednesday. Behind it is a magnificent celestial tail. But no, it's no UFO. (laughs) It's simply Andy and Art. Surfing the stars, bringing you a plate of the whole enchilada. Hill bop, dooby dap bop, doo wop, dooby dap ba doo wop, dooby dap ba doo, yeah, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, Bunk Bunkers, this is Art. I'm here with Andy. We just wanted to let you know we recently launched a Patreon page. So if you feel like supporting the show, you can find it at patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Becoming a supporter will get you one extra podcast a month of our brand spanking new podcast, Andy and Art Debunked, available only on Patreon. Not only that, you'll get a lot more fun perks at each tier. So visit us at patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod. That's patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Gate. Um, Andy, I mean, I want to know, you know, obviously I was a, I was a wee lad. I was a little, <laughs> little boy running around in my little diapies, little, little tyke. Yeah, you were only five years old. I was a 
boy. It was a little tiny boy running around. Oh, oh, I was so cute. So full of life. Um, I don't, I have no recollection of this. Do you have any recollection of oh, this? Oh, yeah, you I remember been for sure. Your, I was over 10 years old. Yeah, you would have been in your 40s or 50s. Yep, you yep. would have, uh, you had a pretty illustrious career as a merchant marine at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had just retired from the merchant marines. Uh, I was tired of going port to port, so I decided to settle down. I was living You wanted in, to go more pork to pork. Yeah, pork to pork. I was living in Dubuque, Iowa, uh, actually working at a pork processing plant. Uh, I was a foreman uh, on the floor, the killing floor, as they call it. Um, really, my job was to make sure that no animals were left alive. At the and you were very plant. good at I that. I was excellent at it. Uh, I got, uh, I mean, I would have gotten a promotion, but I was too good at my job to be promoted. Also, I rubbed a lot of the bosses the wrong way. <laughs> because I would see him in the bathroom and I'd pretend I was going to jerk him off and stuff. <laughs> They didn't like that. Oh, geez. They oh, didn't really okay. care for it. I mean, you're covered in pig's blood. Yeah. So you're anyway, to jerk people off. So anyway, at 97, let's see. Me and the third wife were living in Dubuque. I was working at the pork processing plant, <laughs> and my God, the news on this stuff. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do remember it. What's uh, What's your take from it? Um, you know, I think obviously this is like, this was okay. So there were like two big cults that I can remember from around this time. The okay. Branch Davidians right. and Heaven's Gate. Branch Davidians is probably another one we'll probably do Probably some day. we'll talk about at a different time. But, um, it's probably a little bit more of a You know, conspiracy. the Branch Davidians, like the enduring imagery from Branch Davidians was of this horrible fireball as the ATF descended on the, right. the, the Branch Davidian compound right. in Waco. I mean, it was horrible. Um, the Heaven's Gate thing was so much different so bizarre it was just kind of out of the blue yeah it's like because nobody they, they didn't really do anything i mean nobody was really like hail bop was in the news because it was like oh this comet only comes by once every two thousand years like yeah check it out go outside and look at it and it's like then all of a sudden they find all these bodies you know 39 people and it's like they're all dressed alike it's very weird and then it's very eerie you know they weren't like like Heaven's Gate wasn't like national news before that. It's hmm. not like anybody was like, well, are they going to do it or not? Nobody cared. Right. At least in my recollection. And so it's like they go in and they find these bodies and it suddenly is a big news story. And it's because it's 39 people all committing suicide. I mean, it's a lot of people to commit suicide. Obviously, the biggest mass suicide on U.S. soil ever. Yeah, I, I heard that in a documentary, but I got a fact. I didn't. Fact oh, okay, check. we didn't fact check that. So, but I heard it in a documentary. It's a lot of people, no matter what. They're, it's a lot of yeah, people. This is this is like three Jonestown, dozen, way bigger, but didn't happen on U.S. Yeah, soil. It was, yeah, it was a different country, but uh, you know, three dozen people is a lot to commit suicide at one time, kind of in the same event. Yeah. Um, so, but then it's like it's even weirder because they're all dressed alike. They're all covered in purple cloths. That, that kind of reminds me of. Uh, you, do you ever see that joke about? Speaking of old websites, not to cut you off, but like the Guinness Book of World Record records has like 9-11 as one of the biggest, like the worst uh, disaster to have to befall on American soil. And then like the old website at the bottom, it used to, like it said this for every record. It would say like, do you think you can top this record? <laughs> like click here. <laughs> it's like, this is not a record that you should be trying to top. <laughs> when people were like, yeah, I think I could kill more people than that. <laughs> But you know, it's just every I build a nuclear bomb. That. It was a, I build a nuclear bomb. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, they're all they're all wearing the same shoes. Everybody's 
Everybody's wearing the same exact stuff. The purple cloths are all laid out exactly the same. It was just, it's such a strange scene. And I mean, if, if Bunk Funkers, if you haven't, you've probably seen it. I mean, let's face it. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen this video. But yeah. if, if you haven't seen it, go in the show notes and look because it really, it really is strange. Um, and then, to, you know, it's like there's this whole task then of when authorities come, they take the bodies out. And that was, that was pretty iconic media coverage as yeah. well is like, you know, they're flying over with helicopters um, this is a big, nice mansion. I'm assuming a, big, a nice area. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a huge, huge piece of real estate. Yeah. Everything about it is just, is very bizarre. And you know, it's like, you know, like you said, you've, you've, you've compared this to Jonestown. Jonestown was such chaos and such a disaster. Yeah. Uh, Jonestown was like, the big difference is like, it, it, kind of the two differences in cults here is like Jonestown People wanted to leave. People were like afraid for their lives. People were like, this is not a good place to be. They realized it was bad. People were hurting, starving, doing back-breaking labor. It's kind of a different branch. This is like everybody loved this. Yeah. They were all into it. And yeah. Nobody wanted to leave at any time. Uh, they totally were committed and believed this. Now, you can tell that a lot of the people who you can watch the fun. And here's the thing. Not everybody has a psychology degree like I do. Not everybody can sit here and armchair diagnose people like I can. Right. But you can kind of tell when you watch these videos, there's some people who probably, uh, their mental faculties are not, uh, they're not, uh, they're not entire. like, you know, there's things there. There's, there's issues there. You kind of tell with some of the people. Yeah. Uh, in these final interviews and they were being preyed upon. That's kind of how it goes with cults. I mean, cults mm -hmm. prey on people. Yeah. I mean, even even people who are in full control of their mental faculties, it's still right. people who have uh, whatever, like specific insecurities yes. or delusion. Or you just get so far, like Branch Davidians was like, you were you've sunk cost yeah. fallacy, like you've you've committed so much to this. Yeah, you're letting fucking uh, David Koresh fuck your wife, right? And then like bear children that, and then take. I mean, your who children. are you, Jerry Falwell Jr.? <laughs> Let another man fuck your wife <laughs> while you watch. I don't. I don't get the reference, but I'm laughing still. All right. Well, bunk bunk someone get will get it. it if you get it. Let us know. Um, but you know what I mean. Like it's like Applewhite, and all. It's like it's a totally different. Like you compare yeah. Jim Jones to Applewhite, and it's just like they're not even the same. Yeah, Jim Jones started to lose people. Right. Like that's why Marshall he moved them all. Marshall Applewhite didn't. No. And I mean, I think that's. That's what's so striking about the scene is that it is so serene. It seems yeah. calm. It seems peaceful. It seems orderly. Like it doesn't seem like people just hit the floor. It's like there was clear planning. Oh yeah. And staging and everything was set yeah. up. And, you know, I mean, it just, it's a very bizarre scene and, you know, it's a strange event. Mm -hmm. Like this is such a, you know, again, it once every 2000 years, like this is not a comet that, you're not going to ever see this comet again. Right. I'm never going to see that comet again. Like, if you don't see it when you're alive, you won't see it, and neither will your grandchildren. Fucking missed out. You know, generations of humans will perish before that comet becomes close to... All right, Andy, end. Jesus. Put put down the, put down the weapon. <laughs> I can't. It's glued. <laughs> um, there's one major thing I just realized. First time we've ever uh, maybe admitted this on air. A major error left out of the script. Wow. Uh, something that I feel like should have been included is that eight of the men, including Applewhite himself, went to Mexico to be uh, medically castrated. 
Oh. That yeah. is how much they committed to this non-sexual ordeal. They had one of the guys try to do it. They had one of the guys have like a nurse that they knew try to do it, but they like botched it, which is like, oh God. So then they just flew to Mexico and had it done in Mexico. <laughs> and then they also flew to Mexico and purchased all the phenobarbital. Right, right. Like, That's Jesus Christ. You know, two birds, one stone. Yeah. So I, I we did forget to include that in the research. Our apologies. We should have included. Uh, we we're too busy making folders up your butt jokes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Probably the main downfall of this right. show is too many butt jokes. Not enough castration. But I mean, yeah. that just shows you the commit. I mean. These Talk people, about a sunk cost. Have you seen, Have you? did you watch the exit interviews? I mean, you don't watch all of them. They're kind no, of I didn't watch the exit interviews. Yeah, they're all kind of the same thing. They just kind of all are like, we are so like, they just, they're so happy. Yeah. I remember seeing, you know, clips of uh, right. Apple White. Yeah. I mean, he's wild looking. Yeah. He really is. I mean, it's just because he has that like. He's got those big eyes. Yeah. He, you know, it's like the short hair. So there's like nothing. His face is like totally perfectly framed. And he's like, just like right into the camera. In, uh. In on-camera acting, they they taught me not to blink. Like, you shouldn't do it unless it's, like, you know, certain times. Like, if you start watching TV, you'll notice that, like, actors don't blink that often and they don't move their eyebrows. Yeah. And then when I, I, took, a, I took a stage acting monologue class after that, and I wouldn't blink when I was doing my monologues, and it was, like, three or four weeks into the class, the teacher was like, dude, you got to start fucking blinking because you look like a fucking, like, he was like... <laughs> you look you're creeping me out like you creep people out i'm like sorry i took that on camera class and then he was kind of like all right i, I, I got you <laughs> like you need to blink when you're doing this yeah stuff. he was like all right all right calm down <laughs> he's like oh, okay okay i don't want any trouble oh god i set him off they pegged <laughs> yeah. me from the start yeah i'm sure that they were like you got to start blinking that's what's making you creepy that was just his way of like trying to introduce this in a non-threatening way <laughs> Not everything else about my personality. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Marshall Applewhite has that as well. He he's he has insane, I mean, delusional beliefs. You know, he's yeah. got the whole gamut. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, the uh, the origin story. Yeah. Of him and, and, and Nettles getting together. I know, he ran a deli. Yeah. Why would you give that up? I could never. People like the deli. Yeah. That's what people said. They enjoyed his deli. He ran a good deli. Yeah. And he gave it up because his dad passed away. Man. If I had a deli, nothing could make me give up that deli. I feel like you'd run a good deli. I feel like I would too. Or like a, any kind of uh, cafeteria style sandwich counter. Yeah. No, I do. I feel like you'd run a good, because you have a business, you have good business acumen. <laughs> You're good wow. at running the books. Oh yeah. Um, You'd be like the business guy. I don't think you'd be the cook. No, no. You would I'd, need to find a partner. Yeah, I'd have to find somebody who's better at that than me. Yeah, chef art. Chef art. You've never... <laughs> Hello, I'm chef art. Welcome to I'm, chef art. I'm chef art. <laughs> Arr, I'm chef art. <laughs> are you saying chef art or chef art? And why are you a pirate? Yarr, do you not understand the theme of the restaurant? Here at Shafart, it's always talk like a pirate day. Can I get you some bread rolls <laughs> from the galley? Oh, God. Shafart, um, I guess I can't be a chef. 
<laughs> I can't be having because people call me Shayart or Shafart. 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 Somebody come in my soup. That'd be the special sauce. You found me sunken treasure. <laughs> you win a prize. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, a lot of interesting stuff about them that they were like these early adopters of the internet. Yeah. Just it's it's kind of classic cult stuff, you know? It's they just dehumanized everybody so well, but everyone went on board with it. They were okay with it. I shouldn't say everybody. They obviously lost people right over the years. People were probably like, I'm not going. I mean, I can't go through this shit. But you know, it has that it doesn't have that um boy. I can only take a gallon of water. I'm gonna for a I'm bath. gonna I'm dipping my toe into some spicy water here, but it doesn't have that same kind of like retaliatory element of like Jonestown or like Scientology has today. You know what I mean? Where it's like you step out of line and you got to be punished. Yeah. I guess we don't really know much about their punishment routines, but maybe that's because people didn't need to be punished. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they were like people so are willing participants in this. Like, they were so whipped into shape. It was just like, this is what we do. Yeah. It's kind of like interesting that it was such a smooth. Yeah. Kind of a transition, you know, like, no, you're right. You go, you go from just like a nascent kind of uh, religious movement. I don't know if you can even call it a movement. Is it enough people for a movement? I don't know. Religious faction uh, started and, you know, it's like all of a sudden it's, it's this thing. They did such a good job of, like you said, dehumanizing, like totally erasing individualism. Yeah, it's kind of weird, you know. Obviously, you uh, you have a neck beard, you have a wear a fedora, you hate mm-hmm. religion, you think it's the opiate of the masses. I'm carrying a katana right now. <laughs> Please put that down. I have active acne. <laughs> Your acne is activated. Yeah, it's been activated. Um, you let's spend a lot of time on the internet writing comments, uh, yep. saying checkmate eights, checkmate. Christians. Look, I'm just the type of guy who likes to go his own way. You know, I don't you're like a nice to, guy. I'm a nice guy. I don't. You like don't to, get why women won't go out with such a nice guy like you. I don't. You know, it's like they always want the chads, and that's just how it is. Like for guys like me, <laughs> yeah. we always finish last. Uh, so you know, I'm just a guy. I you know, I don't like to fall in line. I go my own way. Yeah. You you wouldn't be put. You wouldn't say that. You know, it, it might be saying that you're better off being put in your own incel. Yeah. Like if you're putting your own cell in a cell. Yeah. I could live in cell. In a cell, I mean. <laughs> Andy I feel like a, I do a lot of the Andy time. Andy is a fucking in cell. I, you know. See, here's the thing, Art. Here's the Occam's razor about it. <laughs> um, No. Where the fuck was I going with this? Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't be fooled, bunk funkers. I'm happily married. That's true. Andy, uh, Andy is just a ball of testosterone and fucking uh, just. Don't forget uh, a don't, heathen. You're a heathen. Don't forget estradiol. I got too much of that. <laughs> yeah, you got to get rid of that estrogen crocodile. Yeah, that's in your belly. Yeah, that fucking estradiol. Yeah. Oh, it'll snap at you. <laughs> um. Okay. So. The thing is, it's like, I don't know, when's the point of where, I guess they don't really know when a cult becomes a cult. 
Yeah. I'd like to explore that because at first it's like, all right, I don't know. Is it the getting rid of your family kind of thing? Cause like they're living, they're living these ascetic nomadic lifestyles and it's like, yeah, but like there's other religions that people don't bat an eye at that do that, mm-hmm. that, that encourage you to live that way. Yeah. Yeah. If you join, so I where's mean, the cutoff, you know, it's like, if you become a nun, yeah, like you don't really have to cut off your family. True. Like it's not that, but you're doing some stuff that's we would say abnormal. Yeah, you kind of you you become like voluntarily celibate. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you're an incel. You uh, nuns are incels. No, you're a vocel. You're voluntarily. Celibate. Yes. Uh, you you essentially are. You're saving yourself for God. I think is what they believe. Like yeah, you're a bride of Christ. Yeah, but you kind of you live in a monastery. You dress a certain way. Live life a certain way. But yeah, you're right. They don't cut off their... Is it the cutting off of the family? That's kind of it for me. When, you know, when people start to say, hey, cut off all ties with your family and sell all your stuff and only yeah, be just trying to cut you off from that outside world, that for me is when it falls into the world of cult. Yeah. Because you can go to church and they might say stuff like, well, you know... there might." I think it depends on the church. Like I remember growing up, church was always... The way that they would talk about conversion is like, Hey, you know, ask your friends, Hey, you want to come to church? It'll be fun. Like try to bring more people along. Like, you don't, it wouldn't be like, Hey, if they don't believe they're a, uh, whatever the, they're like a infidel. Yeah. (laughs) A negative influencer or whatever they call them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you should cut them off and, uh, and, and go on the attack. Yeah. That for me is kind of the cutoff. I don't know if that's how it is for you. I mean, I hadn't been to my the church that I grew up in in a while, and then I went once, and it was like that kind of a sermon, where it was like, well, you know, people who don't believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ are wrong, and <laughs> it's our job to either convert them or not associate with them. And I was wow, like, oh, really? It's a little extreme for me. What what denomination were you? That's Presbyterian. Mm. See, I don't know much about it's Presbyterian. A little, little, little extreme for Presbyterianism, if I'm being really. Honest. Are they usually a little bit more milk toast? <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah. Yeah, but because Catholics usually get the fucking, uh, they usually get knocked down a peg because they're usually too intense. But right, right. I find cath- most Catholics to kind of be like, yeah, you know, I uh, feel the guilt. Yeah, <laughs> I should have gone to yeah. church. Yeah, yeah, I think Catholics are that way. Catholics. Um, I guess you're probably right. It's probably the level of control over you you know what i mean yeah like if you if you're not empowered to make decisions for yourself if the yes that's a good way to put it that that like that's when it probably starts to become a cult instead of just a religion although you know if you read like history books like pretty much you know everything it's not like it's the church of dionysus it's the cult of dionysus History is written by the victors. Right. So, There's uh I've been reading recently just for fun about Zoroastrianism. Yeah. It's a very interesting religion. It was very ancient, yeah. uh, older than Christianity, I think, in some ways. I don't know. I haven't been reading that much about it, okay? I guess I don't remember, but it's, it's old. It's, it's an old religion. If you don't know Bunkfungers, it's like an ancient Persian religion, yes. monotheistic. That's right. That's what separates it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that it was started by a guy, Zoroaster, right. in that region, and he was surrounded by like these various ancient polytheistic tribes. You know, they probably all sun god, ex god, wind god, yeah. earth god, and animal sacrifice. And he was like, whoa, get the fuck out of here. There's one. The light, right? 
It's something like that. And then, you know, there's like three different things. It's here's the thing. They all kind of are like, listen, do good deeds. Most religions are trying to push you towards altruism. Right. To do that. And then right. say like, hey, if you do that, you'll have a good life. Yeah. To take care of others before yourself. Right. That's the key to a good life. Right. But then there's... um. Even the Bible says it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the gates of heaven. What do you say about that, Marshall Appleway? You guys were fucking you were so you got more money than either. Well, but they were going on a spaceship. <laughs> they were being abducted. It's true. They What's were going the aboard a spaceship. What's the mechanism in that case? They die, and then their spirits ascend. This is like kind of a Scientology type of deal. A little bit, yeah. They believe that alien spirits came from a different plane of existence. Right. And they, on their website, they have pictures of what the kingdom of heaven residents look like. And it's like gray aliens. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. I did see that. And so they believe that these alien spirits inhabited people. And then, yeah, they get like, he has a whole thing of like that garden where it's like humans are like the, the, the plant or like the pot and the soil and the earth's the soil and the alien. So originally they were just supposed to get, they were either supposed to be like they were supposed to die and then come back to life and be taken aboard a spaceship or they were just supposed to go aboard a spaceship. Yeah. Stuff to tell. And then. Because we kind of only have like most of the post. Applewhite doctrine, that's all the stuff on the website. Now, then Applewhite Nettles dies, Applewhite takes over. Now, all of a sudden, it's like we have to kill ourselves right. and then our spirits will go. Somewhere and then they learned about the Hale Bop and then they were like. There it is. See? Yeah. You also Change have some other stuff. We probably could have put this into the, the script as well, is that like there was this fear of the new millennium. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. building up in a lot of people. People right. were unsure of what was going to happen in yeah. the year 2000. So they were kind of like, maybe these guys are right. There's a fucking comet. It only comes once every 2,000 years. Yeah. Uh, they seem to know what he's talking about. These people are all happy. They're following stuff. I mean. Yeah, there was a lot of doomsday stuff around yes. that time. Yes. Um, ah, that's such a complicated like uh, analogy for Applewhite to make, though. There's only one yard work analogy that I need in my life. Life's a garden. Dig it. Bang. Done. Wow. Says it all. Wow. From the from the botanist and the 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 king gardener himself. Andy. I got a pair of bell bottom jeans that has that up across the butt. Life's a garden. Dig it. I thought that was your tramp stamp. <laughs> well, the tramp stamp says my body's a garden. a garden. Dig it. And there's an arrow pointing to your butt. Yeah. And then I, I tie a little, I tie a little like plastic shovel. What? To the inside of my pants. Dig it. Oh God. Dig it. You're fucking disgusting. <laughs> um, plenty of rich soil back there. Oh God. Andy has a whole ecosystem on his rear end. <laughs> It's like a fucking terrarium. Beautiful lichens and algaes. You got fucking, you have a real swamp ass. <laughs> Literally. A it's a legitimate ass. swamp ass. A literal swamp ass. There's a frog that lives in my butthole. The arestrodile. Yeah. Or what is it? Estradile. Estradile. <laughs> yeah, occasionally peeks out of my butt to, to snap at a bullfrog lounging on my cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Chomp. <laughs> Futurama did it. They already did this bit. Yeah, we're fucking hacks. I'm a hack. Yeah, I don't deny that. I, I want to come back to the uh, the religious element real quick before verdicts here. Okay, about Zor- Zoroaster. No, I've been reading also about Mithraism. 
Get rid of Mithraism? Um, very ancient uh, Roman kind of kind of mystery religion that was kind of uh, inspired by Zoroastrian is it's very old and it kind of got stamped out by the early Christians. Mm. They stamped them out. The reason why I'm bringing it up is because there's an HBO Max show called Raised by Wolves that I'm very interested in starting. I'm going to start it soon, Bunk Funkers. If any of you have seen it, let me know. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be very, it's very neat. It's a sci-fi show, but it, it in its world, it it purports a world where Mithraism beat out Christianity. Mm. So Mithraism is the is the fucking main religion. Wait, they, raised they, by they worship, wolves? Uh, yeah. Is that like the founding of Rome? Yeah, that's probably an allusion to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what were those guys' names? Mars and I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Cletus. Cletus. Yeah, it's like Remus. Cletus. These are all Appalachian. We can only come up with Appalachian names. <laughs> Uncle <laughs> Sally. Um, but they they worship like a sun god, and they have a few other gods, and there's like um. No one really knows much about them. They're just kind of this like ancient religion that uh, we only have like one small text from them and we can kind of only half decipher it. Romulus and Remus. That's Romulus. It. There we go. That makes. But anyway, sense. Mithraism, very interesting, kind of old. But, but but the point is, it's kind of like, yeah, your, your point that like it could have easily been that Mithraism beat out Christianity and then we would look at Christianity as a cult. Yeah. The cult of Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that um, you know, you know that Christianity <clears throat> did as well as it did. Honestly, pretty humble beginnings. Very humble beginnings. Yeah, Romans were kind of like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't. They wouldn't stop. Constantinople, Constantine. Mm -hmm. That's all it took, really. Yeah, it was getting like one or two emperors on board, one, and then one person to force a whole bunch of people to convert to it, and it stuck. God, you know, I'm reading reading about this Zoroastrianism stuff, and it's like. They just like you can't, we we can't even uh, like understand how chaotic and barbaric and brutal these times would have been. Yeah, you would have just been living in a city, and you're, this is you're like this is my life, and I pray to Zoroaster, or I do this, and I pray to this, and this is my life and my one job. And it's just like you just lived in this brutal time where tribes of barbarians and other people would just come raid your village. Yeah, just slaughter, kill, rape and pillage. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Everything and be like, all right, you're all, uh, you're all this religion now. She's like, oh, all right, yeah. Like, what a fucking awful, just, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just fucking wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. Wish we could go back to it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that uh, isn't that one of the the stories in the Bible in the Old Testament of like the captivity where there's like uh, one of the uh, prophets of the captivity is like um, somebody's praying to like the like wooden idols or something. What do you mean like the Tower of Babel? No, no. There's like uh, somebody is like praying to to wooden idols. Like this is a thing that's been like trying to be stamped out by the oh by you know the the Hebrew like or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember the story now. Priests, we up. got any priest listeners? Any you want to fucking clarify? Priests or rabbis want to explain what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, you guys would probably both know. Uh, no, but it's like that's that's like the thing. People practicing religion in secret because it's not uh, mm -hmm. appropriate for the time. Um, Wild. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, <laughs> should we get to something that Can you we haven't just even... say that uh, Roman religion, uh, the like main religion, the state religion? Oh, here we go. Kind of lame. Yeah, here we go. I knew it was coming. Copied the Greeks. Just I, like you everything. You said that before. You've Copied said that already. We had to go through the whole Byzantine thing. You started shitting on the Romans for copying the Greeks. Copied the Greeks. Everything. God. You just don't like playing them in Civ. That's it. Copied the Greeks. A lot of achievements. You know what? Take your fucking Take your fucking tzatziki sauce and your lemon chicken and your lemon soup, your lemon chicken drop soup, and go fuck off. <laughs> Fine. You Get take your fucking, fucking cut your machine. peppy and shove it up your ass. I'll be over here eating chicken souvlaki. <laughs> <laughs> take, go back to Spanakopita. <laughs> Put it in my tummy. <laughs> I got my four ancient Roman pasta dishes. The same four ingredients reworked. I got everything I need. Kalamata olives and feta cheese and olive oil. What else do I need? <laughs> I had a Mediterranean omelet for breakfast. <laughs> Sounds delicious. It was no, crazy. you do. You fucking hate Rome. You hate them all. <laughs> you despise Rome. You think it's a horrible time period, and yeah. you you think they stole everything from the Greeks. They did. <laughs> but I mean, they, they you. fucking you know they took they they just made it. They reworked it into their thing. Why reinvent the wheel, Andy? Yeah, that's. I mean. If you can say anything for Romans, they're practical people. Yeah, you got a system that works. We don't have to come up with a new state religion. Let's just steal the Greeks and rename everything. There you go. Very much like Heaven's Gate. <laughs> yeah. Let's just take stuff that exists and rename it. That's true. I You bring up a good point that I wanted to mention. was like The gates of Rome were the real Heaven's Gate. Not very clever. I will say this. Not very clever sci-fi work here. Not the, not the best stuff. Compulab. The neutral lab. Oh, jeez. <laughs> What the fuck? This is like bad Star Trek fan fiction. Did we ever get a... Did we ever find out what Arthur C. Clarke thought of all the names? <laughs> if anybody knows. Fucking amateurs. <laughs> Funnily enough... Uh, fuck. I don't remember the character. Fuck. Okay. Okay. So... I found it. Uh, Nichelle Nichols, who played... Uh, Captain Ohura. Right. Or Lieutenant on, Ohura. Right. On, on the original Star Trek cast, yeah. her brother was one of the Heaven's Gate members. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And he died in the mass suicide. Wow. So that's another big uh, kind of thing was like he was really tied into the whole sci-fi. People bought into it. And I, I mean, geez, I don't know. They just kind of renamed everything. <laughs> Yeah, they just did. They're like the kingdom of heaven is not just the. It's actually another plane of existence, the heaven lab. It's like that's what the kingdom of heaven is. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you think heaven? Like that almost assumes that heaven is a physical place that yeah. we could get to. Right. Where were you when they built that ladder to heaven? Um. Yeah, I guess you know they they heard the song "Heaven Is a Place on Earth." Earth, 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 earth. Ooh, um, ooh, baby, do you know what it's worth? Ooh, baby, heaven is a place on earth. Um, well, anyway, Andy, if you don't have any other points you'd like to bring up, uh, I guess we got to get to verdicts Let's on do this some one. Verdicts on this. Do you think they actually went on a UFO spaceship? <laughs> no, it doesn't fit in with anything. I believe, Art. No. Oh. I mean, I think that when you die, you're dead. Yep. So I think that they all died. I think it's, I think it's, I want to say that this is sad. 
in a way, it's kind of not. Like, it doesn't feel, like, bad. Yeah, you you feel like people got duped, but tricked, but also they, like, I mean, I don't know. They, like, really believed it. They were very happy. I'm very morally conflicted it by is. something like this because, in a way, it's sort of like, I feel like people should be able to do that kind of stuff, I guess, if they feel like they need to. Yeah. In this case, I don't think it's a good reason to commit suicide no i don't think there's a lot of good reasons to commit suicide i mean i don't want to make it sound like there's a list of good reasons but you know it's like it's it's interesting because it's hard to say that like oh this is so tragic like it's sad that all these people lost their lives but in a way they saw it as like a fulfillment of a thing they'd been working toward for years right i mean like marshall applewhite had been doing this for 25 years yeah I mean, it's still, I think it's nefarious, and I think that yeah. these people should have been, I don't know, the families and all the stuff probably were like, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it's some, you know, they, they just kind of, it's not, yeah, it's not like he was like trying to do this for any kind of like power grab. He was just doing it because he kind of had delusional beliefs and he actually believed this stuff. Yeah. It wasn't like, I mean, even like the Branch Davidians, which, you know, we'll kind of get into, but it's like David Kresh was having sex with like little kids and stuff. Right, right. Like young women. And it's kind of like, okay, there's like an, it's sort of a similar thing where it's like, he really believed this religion and he really believed he was Jesus. But then it's also like, uh, he's, he's doing it to like gain power over people as well in some ways. Right. Right. And he, you know, he also, you know, was using violence to like yeah. keep people around and in line. Right. I mean, it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be any trace of that, but I guess they you deserve make- to be burned alive. Right. That's, that's a whole other discussion. But I guess in this case, a Heaven's Gate, it's like, it is sad. Yeah. I mean, it's sad that you kind of, but you have to put the blame on Applewhite and Nettles. Yeah. The, the, everyone else is innocent, and in, in my in my kind of opinion, yeah. especially with the Branch Davidians, it's like those kids are innocent. Yeah. The people are innocent. They just they got caught up in something, and they, yeah, you should know better. But it's like it's kind of like that thing. If you believe something, like isn't that fine? But like. To go around and like recruit people actively, right? Is kind of I don't know. It doesn't make you feel good. Yeah, I guess you can believe shit as long as it doesn't harm people and you don't make people cut themselves <laughs> off from their families, right? Then go ahead. You can believe that there's a fucking UFO in the sky that's gonna take you all away one day. Yeah, believe whatever you guess. believe whatever you want, but don't be. You an can fucking about it. shave your head and wear baggy clothes and go to Marie Callender's for some reason and order. Didn't those- realize that was a restaurant. And not you just a frozen that? food line. Oh, yeah. It used to be a restaurant. Hmm. So I guess I'm case closed. Yeah. Pretty. I'm pretty, pretty clearly case closed. Like, as this well. is an interesting Because story, he also but... said that, like, the earth was going to recycle itself and uh, still here. <laughs> like so many doomsday prophecies, this yeah. one falls short of the mark. Right. I'm looking at you, Mayans. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> nice try. Gonna get us. <laughs> Modern humans are too smart for you now. <laughs> you know, who knows uh, if this, I don't even, you know, I'm sure there'll be more. Yeah. As soon as we start uh, putting life on Mars and stuff, people will be like, up. Oh, Earth's coming to an end again. I mean, there'll probably always be cults and there'll always be yeah. like things like this happen. And it's, it's, it's too bad that, you know, people keep getting suckered into stuff like this. I mean, you know, Don't like, cut yourself off from your families. Unless you need to. Well, okay, yes. <laughs> Use discretion. Yeah. 
don't just, don't do it because if you have like a very happy you. nurturing home life don't cut it off don't just do it because someone else tells you to yeah if someone tells you you have to give up things you love to be a part of something you probably shouldn't be a part of that you know thing. what everything in modesty andy yeah Except Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. No, especially <laughs> Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. If anything, use as directed. Yeah. <laughs> or less than directed. Right. Be safe. Use sparingly. Yes. <laughs> well, the, I guess that was our verdict on Heaven's Gate. Uh, let us know what you think about it. You know, what were you around when it happened? Do you have any connections to it at all? Um you got any opinions on Heaven's Gate? Let us know. Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Tweet or Instagram us um, at mrbunkerpod. You can find us on our YouTube channel by YouTube searching Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. We're working our way towards getting our own URL there on the YouTubes. You got to get like 100 subscribers or something. So if you like the content, we're going to start putting episodes up on YouTube. We've got uh, Bunker animated videos that we put up on YouTube. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff up there. We're going to add clips as well. We'll get to it. It's coming. <laughs> like the hail bop and the UFO, it's coming, all right? It's coming eventually. It's eventually. Just sit tight. It'll be there. But the videos are going up once a month. They're great. So go ahead. Feel free to just subscribe there on YouTube. And if you really love the show, you really want to join the crew, um, <laughs> oh, you can, no. you can, uh, oh, no, <laughs> they're not, it's not really a crew. You're just a Patreon member. Okay. Okay. You're a bunk bunker. Ooh, thank God. You can join us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. For only $5 a month, you get access to a brand new episode every month of our our somewhat brand new show, Andy and Artie Bunked, where Andy and I chit-chat and talk about different topics, debunking topics, myths, excuse me, urban legends. Um, We've done a lot of different fun stuff. There's sneak peeks. You get sneak peeks to episodes before they go live. You get access to the videos before they go live. You get access to um, other stuff. The CCTV feed inside the bunker. <laughs> That's right. You can watch Peon Musk walking around, playing Scrabble by himself. <laughs> That's really sad. Yeah. He plays Scrabble by himself. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll have a new friend now. It's true. Um, feel free if you, if you feel so inclined uh, to join there and uh, help support the show. Um, and Dodie, you got anything else to say here about old Heaven's Gate? Um, no, I think, uh, you know, everybody wants to find something to believe in, but, you know, be smart about it. Bunk bunkers, you know, be aware, uh, try to be cognizant of when somebody's trying to take advantage of you. Uh, great point, Andy. Great point. Be, 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 be modest. Be aware of being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And um, and be good to each other. Yes. Thank you, Art. Well said. Don't be an aggressive hugger. Don't be an awkward hugger. Be somewhere in between. Be a delicate hugger. Be a delicate hugger. Warm, but not too warm. If you want to give them a little smooch, give them a little smooch. <laughs> oh, boy. Like the Europeans. That would be creepy. Oh, boy. I wouldn't do it. You don't want to start smooching each other on cheeks when we see each other? No. I don't want to smooch anybody. That's kind of rude. I'm not smooching anybody. You want to give a little smooch on both cheeks? No. Hey, how you doing? Oh, it's good to see you. Smooch, smooch. You make me kiss your ass when you first meet. Not my ass cheeks. cheeks. Oh, your face? My face cheeks, Andy. Oh, well, that's a different story. (laughs) Okay. 
Can you imagine? <laughs> we'll start a new age religion. Everything's the same as Christianity, except we have to greet each other with an ass cheek kiss <laughs> on both cheeks. Smooch, smooch. Smooch, smooch. Well, anyway, we got to wrap things up here, Andy. We got to get out We got to wrap it up. We got to hail bop and go. We got to wrap it up. Hail bop it. My favorite game. Uh, <laughs> for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my obstreperous <laughs> co-host cool. Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Mama put my guns in the ground. I can't shoot them anymore. The cold black cloud is coming down. Feels like I'm knocking on heaven's door. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.